My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch podcast. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Yay. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2024. 2024, yo. This is going to be... The, okay, so I know how last year was the year of finishing things. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. Maybe maybe like half. Hey, that's better than none. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it. We I did some. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You did a so lot. Good. And you did bigger projects. Yes, I did do some big projects. Yes. That takes forever. <laughs> it does take forever. This is going to be the year of making yarn. Yay. Because I have so much yarn to make. To process. I have so much alpaca to process. Nice. This is going to be the year of making yarn. Okay. And how about this be the year that we open an Etsy shop maybe? Or we <gasps> open a shop? Yes. You and me? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Ominous Stitch Podcast Shop? Yes. Patterns and things to buy. Okay. Yeah. This is a New Year's resolution. Okay. Okay. We're putting it out there. <laughs> we're looking at each other. The and we're like, it's going to keep us. Uh... We are totally terrified right yeah. now looking at each other, <laughs> but we'll see. I totally sprung this on her too, by the way. She had no idea I was no. going to say that. But we also, keep talking about it. I had no idea I was going to say that either. So <laughs> random thoughts. Random 2024. Thoughts. Yes. Okay. No, okay. it'll help. It'll hold us accountable. So we'll do it. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, Stitchers, you bug us about it, too. Yeah. Be like, hey, when are you guys going to open a shop? Yeah, tell us when what you, you want us to make, too. Absolutely, yeah. Patterns are great, because I think that would be the easiest for mm -hmm. us to do. But we'll, I, I crochet a lot. You crochet a lot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put them out there. You're the Amigurumi queen. See. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just make random stuff. You so, do, but you yeah. make great things. So. Aw, well, thank you. Your coasters. You got to make your chicken coasters. I got to make chicken coasters. Yeah, that's a big thing. I think that'll thing. be a, a big They're hit. They're so cute. Yeah. I love the chicken coasters. All right. So we are planning this live <laughs> for you guys. How was your new year, guys? How was your holiday season so far? I hope it wasn't stressful. Are we ready? Do we have our resolutions? No. No. I hate resolutions. I, d I hate them too because inevitably I break them the yes. first week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm going to exercise and be that's the fit. Big, yeah. That's the normal. No. Yeah. I I'm mean, good. that is everyone's normal thing. And like some years I do that and I do really well. Mm -hmm. And then other years I don't. And then, you know, it's just kind of like it's you hate life, yourself. Whatever takes you. I don't you. want that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just going to maintain what I've been doing. This, my resolution is don't put pressure on myself. There you go. That's a good resolution. Oh, I love it. Because I put kind so yourself. much pressure on myself to to do things well and to be good and be prepared and, and have everything precise and ready. And I need to give myself a little bit more grace. Grace and kindness. Right, Becca? This is something that my sister, <laughs> my sister like yells at me oh, for. Oh, good. Good job, She's Becca. She's like, why are you so mean to yourself? I'm like, I don't know. It's such a, it's a weird human nature for us to be so mad at ourselves but you gotta look at it like it was me like would you be mad at me no see? never <laughs> then don't be mad at yourself see you, you gotta be your own best friend oh uh, okay you can do it let me tell you about my best friend yeah <laughs> i love it oh. well, angela what's got you in stitches though oh my goodness okay so this is gonna be kind of like a thing because you know we have this little black cat shadow she's he's so cute he's the sweetest cat He's wonderful. 
He came limping around the farm the other day. No. And he's not using one of his paws. Uh oh. And it's swollen. And I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to try to catch him and take him to the vet. Um, he's so sweet. So, I mean, he'll let me pick him up, but I don't know about getting him in a carrier and getting yeah. him in the car. That's oh, that's going to be tricky because he's a wild cat, but right. um, he needs some attention. So good thoughts and good prayers for our little buddy Shadow. Just keep him, keep him in my mind. Hopefully I can catch him soon and, and get him out to the vet. And, and it's going to cost <laughs> an arm and a leg. It may uh. cost him an arm. I don't know. The poor buddy. Yeah, you don't know. That's the hard part. Like, what happens if he got in a fight with yeah, like, something I, that had some diseases? That, yeah. And... I mean, it, it looks like he got bit. Mm. Like, something got his arm really good. I don't know what, but, you know. Probably coyote. I don't know. Maybe. We've had a lot of coyotes but lately. But he escaped, at Yeah, least. he escaped. I mean, he's like... This cat is so rough and tumble, man. He's the sweetest thing. But, like, I've seen him get into brawls. I've seen him, like, I mean, he's, he's tough. tough. He's a tough boy. Aww. But anyway, so thoughts and prayers for our little buddy Shadow. Hopefully sure. we can get him all sorted out. And I will keep you guys posted on, hopefully he comes back around and yeah. I'll be able to catch him and, and take him into the vet and get I him hope so too. looked at. Yeah. That's very sweet of you guys. Yeah. Aww. I mean, we, we put food out for him. We, we try to, you know, help him as much as we can because he's really sweet. And yeah, he's, he's a pie. good little mouser. Yeah. But, you know. Our little buddy Shadow. So I'm sorry to start the year on such a like a little downer of a story, but well, that's what's you know occupying my thoughts. My poor little buddy. Buddy. Yeah, I don't like to see animals hurt. I don't either. Yeah, that's very sad. It is very sad. So what's got you in stitches, Nicole? All right, I got uh, this was maybe a, a month or two ago at least, but I had some fun news, so I just followed them back on Podbean. Anyway, my favorite one of my favorite podcasts is called Paranormal Almanac. Okay, yeah, I've heard you talk about them before. Yes, it's he's awesome. Um, his name's Kurt Sandvig, and he lives, I think, in Burbank. He lives oh, close. Yeah, that's not too far from us. Yeah, how neat. Yeah, Kurt, so, let's Kurt. let's like uh, maybe we'll do collabs <laughs> this year. Yeah. Oh, there's a new, a new resolution. That's a new resolution. But he's so awesome, and so I opened our Instagram and noticed he follows us now. Really? Yeah. Hi, Kurt. Yeah. So, That's hey, Kurt. so cool. That made my day. I was so happy because he's so funny and I love his podcast. So, shout out to Kurt. Thank you for following us on Instagram. I wonder if you <laughs> listen to us. Did you hear my cat? Yes. Hello. He's got a dog. Uh, ooh, ooh. It was Stitch at one point. I don't know if it's still Stitch, but. Oh, how cool. Talks about his dog all Well, the time Kurt, too. bring your dog over. Yeah. We'll podcast together. Yeah. It'll be fun. So, he's awesome. So, thank you for following us. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Yay. that made my that made my so yeah. Happy twenty twenty four. Happy twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. So that's my stitch. That's super I love simple, it. but it made me happy. Two little quick stitches for for us this year. <laughs> it's like really starting quick. off not like us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I have a lot to talk about you today. Do. I'm very very excited. Yes. So keeping in like the new year, new theme, new you thing. New I'm you. like starting to be better organized when it's my turn to to do the podcast Look at we'll you. see it's it's number one so we'll see <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it continues or if I start going and then you get know, all whatever. crazy yeah but but, that's okay you're starting out good yes foot. I'm starting on a good foot I'm like very this good is foot. most organized I've been for a podcast so I'm like excited and ready look at you I know I know I'm like woohoo I'm flying right now yeah. <laughs> and I've got the stitch I've had too much coffee yes <laughs> Nicole is going to be showing us the cutest little beanie I Yay. love it it is so cute it's quick and easy easy yay so 
So with that, should we get stitching? Let's get stitching. Yay. All right. So this week's stitch comes from Crochet Dreams with a Z dot com. And like Angela said, it's a DIY crochet hat. It's super duper easy. Okay. Because Angela showed me this one, this the copycat CC beanie that we've been doing a lot of. And it's awesome. Mm -hmm. But it takes me forever to do the brim. And then it takes, you know, and it, it works up fast, right? But the brim yeah. takes forever. Yeah. The brim on this does take forever. But because you use super chunky yarn for this. It goes fast. It goes way faster. Nice. She says it takes an hour. It, may, it takes me a little longer because I have to kind of break it up. Dude. But it's super cute. It's super cute. Yeah. I and love you, that. you put a pom-pom on it on the top. And I bought a bunch on Amazon. And so it's perfect. What kind of stitch is that? Is this it a... is, hold on. <laughs> I'm like getting ahead of you. You are. Yeah, because you do a lot of back loops only, double crochet, single crochet. Yeah, you don't have anything in it. Oh, so it's just single crochets, double crochets, and then back, back loops, loops only. only. Back loops only are for the brim, just like oh, okay. ours. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, just a real quick explanation for the back loops uh, only. Like I said, you're going to build up the brim just going back and forth with slip stitches. And all you're doing is back loops only of single crochets. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, So your, your first chain, depending on the size, and that's the nice thing. She writes it out for child size. Um, small adult and large adult. And then you just follow those numbers and rows. And I was doing seven stitches for just like a regular normal adult. So you just do a row of, uh, you chain eight and then you do slip stitches in the second chain from the hook. That's only seven. And then you do, um, sorry, not single crochets. You do slip stitches in the back loop the whole time. Slip stitch, back loop. That's it. Wow. And you do this for until you measure it. So I, it's like 18 and a half inches. Mm -hmm. So I don't yeah, know how many yeah. rows, but you just kind of measure it yeah. and you gauge it. I just kind of put it around my head. Yeah. I'm like, Does how it big is it? Head. Yeah. And my head's small. So I kind of try to put it a little bit bigger than mine. Um, so then when you're crocheting the head part, big thing, which just like the other uh, beanie that Angela did, you have to switch size hooks. Okay. Yes. So I think it was like a seven and a half hook and then a millimeter hook. And then when you're doing the actual beanie part, you're going to do an eight millimeter hook. Okay. Okay. So that is some chunky yarn. If very, using, very yeah, chunky yarn. Those big hooks. And they'll talk about how to put the, the brim together. It's super easy. To, and you can even pull it apart, put it back together just to gauge it. Cause that's what I had to do. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm cool. I got it. So then on round one at the seam, you want to just single crochet it. So, so that you, make your kind of foundation chain on top. It, yeah. Yep. Um, and then you go through the valleys just so that you don't have to go really thick into the, the deep, the bigger part of it. Yeah. Just like you did for uh -huh, me. Uh -huh. Round two, you chain two and then all you've got to do, this is simple, one double crochet, chain two, and then one single crochet all in the same stitch. That's oh, it. Okay. And then you do that. The a whole... double chain two single, double crochet. Yep. Chain two single. Yep. Okay. Okay. And then uh, skip two stitches. Uh huh. Again, two double crochets, chain two, one single crochet. And then you repeat that, the this, this skip two stitches part. Okay. You repeat that to the end. That's it. Round three. So this is important. You do not want to do another chain. You just pull up the loop a little bit without making a turning chain. Uh -huh. Then you 
change directions. You oh, turn okay. it. Yep. Gotcha. And gotcha. do the same exact thing, but you're going to be working into the chain to space. So you'll see Got the it. big hole. Uh huh. And then that's all you do. You do the same thing. In two, all the chain two spaces. Yeah. Two, all the way around. two double crochets, chain two, one single crochet. And then you just keep turning it. Yes. That, okay. Okay. That's I gotcha. It. I gotcha. So you do that for three more rounds and you'll have a total of five rounds of that pattern repeated. And then when you start to decrease, and so this is where I, I want to put in my notes because she has you decrease round one and it talks about doing another double crochet chain one single crochet, um, but then decrease round two is a one double crochet chain one single crochet, same kind of thing. And then she says for adult sizes, you want to repeat the above round one more time, which is really big. This uh -huh, chunky yarn uh -huh. makes it really, really tall. And I'm like, I don't right. like that. So I actually removed that. Remove that. Yeah. So it's not like a tall. I, I did that once. I, I was making um, Dumbledore's hat and it wound up being really long, so right? tall. Yeah. It looked like a chef's hat, you know, or like yeah, yeah. <laughs> a stovepipe hat. Yeah. It was really and you're tall. like, why like my head that? isn't that big. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need that. Yeah. So if you want it, go ahead. If just based on your work, but I just remove that. And I even think I remove the decrease round one. So just play with the sizes. It's totally your call. Uh, second to last round, they want you to do a double crochet, single crochet, and the next chain one space. So you're always working in those big spaces. Mm -hmm. And then they say place a marker, but I can see it. It's up to you. But place a marker in that double crochet that you first make, and then you keep doing that around. And then the last decrease round, um, there's a chain one, single crochet, next stitch, place a marker in this one. And then you're starting to single cr to crochet two together across the next two stitches then one single. So you're decreasing slowly. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when they're done with that one, they want you to cinch it. So instead of like decreasing more and more, you're just done you pull yeah, it out. You just cinch it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which I do I, that with my hats. And too. you do that. And I love that. And I'm like, I'm stupid. Cause I think I have to yeah. keep going. I'm like, no, no I you don't. don't. You can just, it closes. It. Yeah. yeah. And it's cute. It makes that little puckery yes, thing on top. Yeah, exactly. It's cute. So you just close it up. And my pom-poms I got from Amazon have a little like holder for it it's not like ones where you have to sew it in mm -hmm. it's kind of nice it's just got a little bit of a what's it called like a loop a loop yeah to, to, to stitch into yeah. it nice. so I just kind of stitch it around and I close it up oh very and cool that's it. and I sew in the ends super duper easy I know I went through it really quickly but if you're a crochet and this is for beginner crocheters too so if you just read through the instructions you'll find it she even has a YouTube tutorial on the page that helped me a lot oh, too. Love it. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. So you have both the written pattern and the YouTube. Um, my first one I ever made, I did a pretty good job. It was pink and then I can post a picture. I made Angela one Yay. and I have to bring it to her still. <laughs> She'll get it. I promise. But it's super easy and I love it. And again, it's crochetdreams.com. Make yourself a beanie. Tell me if you like it. Yay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's super cute. Yeah. That's good job, Nicole. I love it. <laughs> Chunky yarn beanie. She's doing a little. Everybody shoulder, got one. I'm sure that you, shoulder you, wiggles. This because it's the new year, and I gave them a bunch for Christmas. I yeah. think everyone got one. That was a what, that's a girl. <laughs> and then the guys got the one that I made that you show me. Yes. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Boy Lots hat, of hats. And girl hat. Yep. Yay. Hats, 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 hats. Yep. So. I love it. That's it. I'm so excited for you to do story time because you oh sound so excited. Oh my goodness. This is going to be a fun story time. Yay. It is full of all kinds of interesting Yay. creatures. So, and there's like a lot. So all right. hopefully this podcast doesn't go super long, but it might. We'll see. I don't care. I'll talk fast. Okay. Don't talk too <laughs> fast. Okay. Well, are we ready? I'm ready. It's story time. <laughs> 
Okay, Stitchers, it is story time. Yay! So I recently had a few of our patrons visit over the holiday season. Yeah. Right? My parents, Mike and Janet, hey. and my sister Becca. Shout out, three patrons. Woohoo! They were here for Thanksgiving, and my parents gave me this book as like a late birthday present. So they recently um, got off a cruise, right? So this book is called Ghosts of the Great Lakes, More Than Mere Legend, and it's by mm. Megan Long. They had just taken a cruise through the Great Lakes, and I thought it would be fun to do this episode for them. So this is a patron-inspired episode based on stories from this book. But let me tell you, when I started looking into some of these stories and researching them for it, there is so much about, because it's water. We know that water holds a lot of things. But I'm telling you, there are ghost ships. (gasps) There are headless soldiers. There are ghost horses. There are lake monsters. Yes. There's Bessie. She's a lake monster. I'm not really going to talk about her. But there are so many things. There have been wars fought in this region. There have been like, there's all kinds of stuff. So we're going to highlight some stories. But let me tell you, there's a lot more in this book. There are multiple books about the, the ghosts of the Great Lakes. There's so much out there, guys. I this is it. like the coolest stuff ever. I so it. I took some of my favorite stories from here. Okay. So um, and let me let me go back to my notes because I said I'm going to go <laughs> on my notes. So this book is so fun. It is full of stories of missing ships, haunted lighthouses, curses, ghost ships. It's got it all. Woo. So I'm going to tell you some of the stories in this book and give you some personal stories from people that I've experienced that have experienced some oh, of these phenomena. Okay. So we're going to start with Lake Ontario. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you a little fun facts about Lake Ontario. Please. I don't know anything about it. It is the smallest of the Great Lakes. So it's the one that is closest to the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Okay. All the lakes drain into it, right? So it is the smallest of the Great Lakes with a surface area of 7,340 square miles. But even though it is the smallest of the five lakes, it is still the 14th largest lake in the world. I was going to say, it's still really really big, big, right? (laughs) It's bordered by Canada, Ontario. Fun fact, Ontario was named after the lake. Not the other way around. Kidding me. Yeah. Good to know. So uh, so it's bordered by Canada to the north and New York to the south. And all of the Great Lakes drain into it on their way to the Atlantic Ocean. It is also home to approximately 2,000 islands. Whoa. Some of which are inhabitable. So some people wow. can move on some of these islands. It's like Washington. We have a lot of islands. A lot of islands. Yeah. This great archipelago there. That's cool. So Yeah. So the first story I would like to share is a tragic one. Oh, no. But what story in this podcast aren't tragic, right? <laughs> <laughs> so many. I wrote that in there. I <laughs> love it. Okay. In the early <laughs> 1800s, the Kingston waterfront in Ontario, Canada was a wild place to live, full of sailors and merchants coming and going as fur, agriculture, and imports were a big business at the time. So were saloons and houses of ill repute. Mm. <laughs> Just like the way that said. Like I said, a wild place to live. One family, the Hirschmers, had a lovely home on the waterfront. Lawrence Hirschmer was a wealthy man and had a beautiful young and naive daughter named Lily. Oh, Lily. Lily. Lily had met a sailor and, of course, had fallen in love. (laughs) And, of course, her parents did not approve of this match. 
right? Of course. Of course. Random sailor, no. Right? (laughs) Not good enough for my daughter. Lily, not being deterred by her parents' disapproval, decided to continue her relationship with the sailor. And all our stories. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And would hang a lantern in her bedroom window, signaling that it was safe for her lover to come to her. Well, one tragic night, and here there's a little discrepancy in the story, so it kind of divides a little bit here. Lily fell asleep, waiting for her lover to come. A gust of wind blew over her lantern and set her room ablaze. <gasps> Uh-oh. And she died in that fire. No! So that part we know is true. So here's oh. where the alternate version comes into play. Okay. It's less told than the other version, but it's still out there. Mm-hmm. So the alternate version says that she watched her lover's ship go down in the harbor as the flames consumed her. So either Aww. way, she died in the fire. So either she watched her lover's ship go down or she just died in the fire. Dang. Either way. She died. It's tragic, right? The house was rebuilt and stayed in the Hirschmers family until the 1950s. Mm. So from like 1803, Mm. I think, until the 1950s. It's or the early 1800s, 1819, sometime around there. So it's been in the family for a long time. That's great. Over the years, it has been many different things, including shops, warehouses, and saloons. But in 1918, it became the Prince George Hotel. Though in its current iteration, the hotel has been turned into condos. So I, I don't know how recently it became condos. But it was the Prince George Hotel for the longest time. Got it. Um, it still has Monty's Cigar and Martini Lounge, the Old Speckled Hen Pub, mm. which is an English pub. Mm-hmm. And this is the Irish pub, the Tir Nanog Pub. And they're still open so to the two public. two pubs in this one Two building. pubs and a cigar and martini lounge. And the bottom floor. Got it. And then condos on top. Yep. Cool. Uh, they're still open to the public in the bottom floors of the building. Mm. So those three pubs. Okay, now on to the hauntings. Ooh. Room 304 okay. is still occupied by the forlorn oh, Lily Hirschmer. Oh, no. An orange glow can be seen from her window from time to time, even when nobody's there. That's you cool. see an orange glow. She likes to open and close locked doors. She likes to open and close the door. It's like, I'm coming in. You can't keep me (laughs) out. And she likes to cause electrical disturbances. She's just probably reaching out with the power. She doesn't even know. Right. The hotel is no longer operational, but when it was, cleaning staff would see and hear strange things coming from the rooms. Lights and radios turning on and off, doors slamming shut behind them. Morgan Anderson, the tour manager for Haunted Walks Kingston, Mm -hmm. reported. So Haunted Walks Kingston also is in the same building. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they they have the Haunted Walks Kingston in that shop. It's not uncommon to hear footsteps or see shadow figure of a woman in the hall. One elderly couple who stayed in room 304 back when it was still a hotel Mm -hmm. had a question for the desk clerk after their visit. There were two double beds in the room at the time, and the couple was sleeping in one bed, and the other bed was unoccupied, right? Nice. So while they were in bed, they watched the other bed levitate (gasps) three feet off the floor. That's a lot. Yeah. Their question for the desk clerk. Uh, Why is it levitating? No. Is this normal? (laughs) (laughs) Does that like normally happen here? (laughs) So it's just pulled by ropes, right? We just want the bed to get up and down. Yeah. So Lily is still very much there. That's cool. And she likes to visit the Tirnanog pub as well. There's lots of activity there. It is said that a sailor and a woman haunt the pub. So is that Lillian, her (gasps) sailor? I I don't know. 
Both patrons and staff have whispered about strange activity at the Tirnanog pub, and it's Gaelic for land of youth. Oh, I like that. Including furniture and doors moving on their own, silverware and glasses falling to the floor and being oh. touched by unseen hands. That's Nicole's favorite because that happened to I her. I don't like it. <laughs> One person reportedly had a conversation with a woman no one else could see. Do, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's fun, I'm sure right? Sure, she's just not like schizophrenic or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I pulled this off of a website. This story comes from Brenda Gansky, Ooh. and she's a paranormal field researcher. And this happened in January of 2004. Okay. After dinner during Christmas break, I went with a group of friends for a drink in the Tirnanog pub located in the historic Prince George Hotel. And she gives the address. It's 200 Ontario Street in Kingston, in case anybody wanted to go. After being there for a few minutes, I excused myself from our table to take a look around. With the Prince George Hotel, within the Prince George Hotel first floor, there are three distinct pubs or lounges. The Tirnanog, Authentic Irish Pug, the Speckled Hen, the English Pub, and Monty's, an upscale martini lounge. Yeah. After viewing the beautiful antique vintage decorative items, I started speaking to one of the staff members, who then introduced me to a longtime staff member of the Tirnanog. This delightful lady had many stories to tell about the Prince George and all of the entities within. She told me of the ghosts of Lily, who haunts not only the third floor, but the entire building. Wow. But the biggest entities that affect the Tirnanog are apparently two men who are malevolent. <gasps> so it's not a sailor and a girl, but two guys? Yeah, so Ooh. there's other two, yeah, Ooh. these two guys. Okay. So quite a few of the staff have had experiences with the two men spirits, but they seem to favor the door staff. Because <laughs> they're nice? I don't know. It's weird. According to the staff that I spoke to, these individuals have experienced the feeling of being watched and hearing something growling Ooh. at them. That's not good. That is not good. The most interesting story that I was told that night had to do with the recent events in the hotel. For about a week before New Year's Eve of 2003, candles in the Prince George Hotel started lighting themselves, <gasps> according to staff. Ooh. The staff members talked to each other about it, saying that Lily must be trying to tell them something. On New Year's Eve at 12.04 a.m., the Prince George started to burn. The fire started on the third floor no. and is still under investigation. Still? Remember, this is early 2004 oh, okay, at the time, okay. right? We, so We didn't find anything else all about it? No, I didn't find any updates okay. about it. But um, therefore, the staff cannot comment on the cause of where it specifically started. So at the time, you mm -hmm. know, we don't know. No one knew. No, we don't know specifics. So it was still under investigation. Crazy. Luckily, there were no serious injuries. Okay, and the good. hotel is now closed until approximately April 2004 repair, for repairs. Was Lily trying to warn the staff and save her longtime home? We will never know for sure. Mm. But maybe in a hundred years from now, we may get a hint. According to the Tirnanog staff, the hotel has been almost destroyed by fire every 100 years. You're kidding me. This fire that almost destroyed the hotel was 40 years early. <laughs> <laughs> so she's um, jumping the gun a little bit. Maybe. 
maybe. The future staff of the Prince George will have to keep their eyes and ears open for clues from Lily to prevent future disaster. That's crazy. Yeah, so that was a cool little report that I found about it. I was like, ooh. Some mysterious fires. So let's talk about the malevolent spirits. The two malevolent male spirits are said to haunt the rum running tunnels beneath (laughs) the Prince George. And guests have reported seeing a young boy dressed in old-fashioned clothing staring from an upstairs window. Claudine Santos-Smith, a manager for the Tirnanog, who may have been the person that Brenda was talking to, I don't know. Okay. Um, She has encountered one of the Prince George's many ghosts. I heard somebody ask me if I could help them, and I thought it was my server, but it wasn't, she said. Her server had been standing across the room at the time, but Santos-Smith swears she saw a dark-robed figure in the corner of her eye talking to her. Dun, dun, dun. Spooky. The bartender, she added, saw the same mysterious figure. Whoa. <laughs> right? What? Two people saw him. Uh, one Nog employee even quit after a ghostly <laughs> encounter. And I think this one's hilarious. Okay. I love it. Because I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> uh, he was changing in a back room, Santos Smith said. And the room was empty when he stretched his arms out to pull on his shirt. The minute his head emerged from his shirt, he saw a man staring at him right in front of him. Ew, no. What are you doing, Santos man? said. And then the employee quit moments later. Did it disappear? <laughs> was a man just like around? Like, Can you imagine like, pulling your shirt on no. and then there's just a face right here. And you're like, cool. holy fuck, I'm out of here. <laughs> I mean, but what happened? Like, did he disappear? Like, I don't know. That's the whole story. Dude, I <laughs> want to know more. <laughs> I would have quit too, but. Right. Holy cow. Uh, so that's a that's, uh, story. Story number one love of Lake Ontario. Yes. Our next tale is a bit of a mystery to this day. Ooh. I think this one's kind of cool. Okay. So on all the other lakes, I did only do one story, but there were so many stories of Lake Ontario. I had to add this one in there too. Okay. So I, we're doing two on Lake Ontario. Cool. Okay. Our next tale is a bit of a mystery to this day. It involves a Canadian schooner ship named Speedy. Mm-hmm. And the Marys, Marysburg Vortex. Ooh. It is an area on the eastern end of Lake Ontario okay. that is said to rival the Bermuda Triangle in its strange disappearances. So do you remember I talked about, I think it was Lake Michigan or one of them has another has, one. Yes. Yes. So you talked about that's one. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, Lake yeah. Ontario so has another one, one too. In Lake Ontario. Creepy. Yeah. So ships, planes, and people have all gone missing without a trace in this area of the lake. What? And here is one famous tale. The last voyage of the Speedy took place in the fall of 1804. She was to transport an Ojibwa man accused of murdering a white settler. Mm. Judge Thomas Cochran and other court officials east of Preskill, hopefully I've said that right, Preskill? Preskill. (laughs) <laughs> Prescott you I'm going to say Prescott you Sure, sure. Um, I'm sorry, Canada, if I'm totally saying it wrong. <laughs> That's a hard word, though. Yes, it is. Where the man was to be tried and hanged in a makeshift courthouse. So they were transferring. So the man that's accused, mm-hmm. the judge, other court officials... And other dignitaries to this place where the trial is supposed to uh, take place. Got it. There were other government dignitaries, which I just said, who were on the voyage as well. And they were there to attend a ceremony to establish the new new town of Newcastle, which is where the trial was to take place in a makeshift courthouse. They were building this town. Got it. Um, On a Sunday in November, Speedy left the shores of York, which is now Toronto, for the 100-mile journey east to Presqu'Ile. So they're going east. They're going east. Got it. Yes. 
The Speedy did have two captains, Thomas Paxton and James Richardson. Captain Richardson was originally supposed to make the voyage, but he felt a strange feeling of dread about the trip Ooh, and refused to sail, right? Good job, man. He refused to sail. Okay. He did caution the others in the party that something was amiss, Oh. but Captain Paxton was undeterred and he took over command. Though some passengers did heed Captain Richardson's warning and choose to make the difficult journey on land instead oh, of boarding the vessel. I would have done that. Right. So they're like, uh-uh, yeah. bad juju from the captain. <laughs> We're going to go the land Smart. route. Yeah. Yeah. So later that evening, the Speedy came up against an unexpected and brutal storm. Uh-oh. People began to light bonfires along the shore in hopes to guide or at least catch a glimpse of the Speedy as she made her way east. To, right. But we didn't have radios back then. So how did no they... No radios. How'd they know? Well, because they know the Speedy is going, going on way. her route. Yeah. Okay. So they, they are very well aware of this is a high profile case that was going to happen. A okay. bunch of dignitaries. True. And this was like Her Majesty's vessel. So Ooh, this was a government okay. vessel. So it was important. So very important vessel. Okay. And so they were trying to help the Speedy either bring her in safely to port or show her keep that, her hey, there's through. a shoreline. Yeah. You know, keep going. Um, huh. But Captain Paxton did not take shelter that night, even though the people who did catch a glimpse of Speedy through the storm that night said that she appeared to be out of control. Uh oh. And when last seen, she appeared to be heading directly for a dangerous rock formation Uh-oh. near Prescott Eel. Okay? Mm-hmm. Before I go on, we need to take a moment to talk about this rock formation that they were heading towards. Okay. Okay? This is very important. I bet it is. Early that spring, a crew member of the Lady Mary spotted the strange formation at the entrance of the bay. The captain of the Lady Mary and a few others took a dinghy over to get a closer look. And just under the surface was a rock about 40 feet square. Holy cow. Soundings. Yeah, square. A big 40 foot square rock. Okay. Right? So soundings revealed that the lake bottom dropped straight down for about 300 feet all the way around the rock. Now, this is very strange because previously everyone thought the waters to be quite shallow around the entrance of the bay and had never encountered this rock. That's crazy. Right? They're like, this came out of nowhere. nowhere. They're like, what is this rock and why is it suddenly deep? Because, right? Okay. Okay. Um, And as word spread, more and more people came to take measurements and observe the rock for themselves, including Captain Paxton. Okay. So So he he knew about this rock that he was heading for. Square rock. Right. So he was very well aware of the rock that he was heading towards. Do you smell what that rock? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I love you, Nicole. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) You're doing me. I love it. Okay. So the morning after the storm, the Speedy was nowhere to be found. Oh, no. Right. They couldn't find it. Eventually, authorities dragged the area around the rock formation, but no trace was found of the Speedy. Strange. And the rock is still there? No. (gasps) But even stranger still, there was no sign of the rock formation either. It had disappeared completely. Wormhole. Wormhole. Even stranger, the once deep waters that had been around the formation Uh all spring and summer, and now it's fall, right? Yeah. Were now shallow again and sandy. And to this day, the Speedy has never been found. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Okay. That world, our world at that point in that area of time completely changed with someone else's world. You think so? 
I mean, what else could that be? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if it changed that drastically with one day. Marysboro Vortex. <sighs> vortex into a different realm. So all spring and summer, there was, there was a big rock formation. Right. Everybody came out and saw it. They were all very aware of it That's because it was very spooky. strange and not normal. Yeah. And then after the speedy, it was gone. It's got to be. It changed. Like all of a sudden we had some blip in our timeline and we changed with a whole different um, multiverse. Yeah. Verse. Right. Crazy. So that's probably sailing around somewhere else. That's crazy. Isn't that a cool one? Yes. I love that story. I thought you would love it. And they're all they never showed up. Right. They all nope. disappeared. Never found the speedy. No trace of it. Gosh, Nothing. Darn. It's gone. Gone crazy right and it's gone. in that little vortex all right spooky now we're moving on to lake erie okay <laughs> okay lake erie, lake erie <laughs> which is the next little lake over got it right so in between the two lakes is niagara falls that's right yeah. okay okay so we now move on to lake erie lake erie is slightly larger than lake ontario with a surface area of 9,940 square miles still huge still huge okay. and it sits next to it towards the west right so we right. start on the east we're moving towards the west right got it between the two lakes is niagara falls like i mentioned and lake erie is bordered by the most states okay it's bordered by michigan pennsylvania new york ohio and canada five okay right four states in a country four states in a country Though it is larger by surface area, it is smaller by volume and mm. is the shallowest in the most southern lake of the Great Lakes. Okay. Also, it has a lake monster named Bessie. Woo woo! But we aren't going to talk about Bessie. Oh, but hi, Bessie. But she's there. Hi, Bessie. I hope you're doing well, Bessie. As much as I would love to talk about Bessie, I'm <laughs> going to focus on another animal that haunts Lake Erie. Ooh. This is the curse of the black dog. <gasps> It is well known among sailors on Lake Erie and can spell doom to those who see it. Doom. Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Legend has it that a Newfoundland dog was on a voyage on Aww. Lake Erie when he fell overboard Aww, in the buddy. Welland Canal locks. Aww. The lifeless body of the dog was jamming the lock doors, oh. impeding oh. the progress of the vessel he was sailing on and marking his first vengeance on the ship's sailing Oops. on Lake Erie. Oh, no. It is said that the dog will appear on the deck of a ship briefly before jumping into the lake, signaling disaster for the ship. Aww. Here are two stories of disaster that are blamed on the curse of the black dog. Yikes. The Mary Jane was docked one calm and sunny day in Port Colburn, Ontario, waiting for favorable winds to sail. Once the winds came, the Mary Jane pushed off when a massive black Newfoundland with a lolling tongue and eyes like coals of fire was seen on the deck port side. It trotted along the cargo and leapt ashore from the starboard side, much to the amazement of the crew. Tinny Garner, who worked the elevator at the port, saw the dog and was shocked at where he came from. Hmm. He couldn't fathom how the dog had gotten on the ship as the sides of the boat were much too high to climb. And then he exclaimed, he just seemed to touch the dock and go out of sight. Creepy. Right? The breeze soon died and the schooner bobbed between Port Colburn and the Mohawk Lighthouse. According to legend, the dock workers had seen the ship, gone to lunch, and when they came back, the Mary Jane was simply gone, even though there had been no wind to sail and no one had seen it in distress. And it was never found again. 
However, according to the Globe of Buffalo in a report on November 23rd, 1881, the schooner Mary Jane of St. Catharines was wrecked five miles east of Dunkirk. There are no signs of the crew. The vessel is a total wreck. No. Boxes marked Mary Jane were coming ashore near Dunkirk. However the events happened, they still spelled tragedy for the crew who saw the black dog aboard the Mary Jane. That's sad. The C.T. Jenkins is another schooner who fell victim to the curse of the black dog. During the middle watch on a quiet night sail, the helmsman of the Jenkins let out a blood-curdling yell, <gasps> waking everyone on board. He blurted Ooh. out, the black dog! <gasps> it came over the weather rail and the moonlight, all black and bristling and not a hair of it wet. Ooh. And it walked across the deck over the lee rail and into the lake without a splash. Do you like Crazy. how dramatic I got there? I love it. The captain tried to squash any unrest and fish some booze out of the helmsman <laughs> pocket, threw it overboard, and blamed the vision on the alcohol. <laughs> Blame, Blame it, it on, on the, the alcohol. alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Once the ship made it to port, Colburn, to, to, to prepare it <laughs> for the trip. I can't say words. Prepare. To prepare it for the trip through the canal to Lake Ontario, the helmsman was dismissed <laughs> as he continued to try and convince his fellow shipmates that, that their voyage was cursed. Man, listen to him. <laughs> exactly. There was a dog. There's a dog. Once the C.T. Jenkins was safely through the canals and in Lake Ontario, it had a steady breeze and the captain was able to breathe a sigh of relief. But uh -oh. the C.T. Jenkins never reached port no. at Oswego despite favorable sailing conditions. Tugs so were sent to find the missing vessel, but no trace was ever found. Freaky. A farmer just to the west of Oswego mm -hmm. did report seeing a strange black dog coming <gasps> ashore. Ooh. It had disappeared as quickly as it had appeared. Spooky! Yeah. Dude, so it's like is... the black death dog. Like, it's instead of, a, you know, the death, it's, it's a it's dog It's a grim. Form. Yeah, it's a grim. grim. He's, like, he's like, if you see him... You He's better prepare. Like this is doomed for your vessel. Get you. But the the helmsman, he didn't go, right? He'd stayed. The helmsman was kicked off the boat. Good job, man. In port. So the helmsman was fine. He's okay. And he, he's like, I told you so. He used to say, I told you so to no one because right? he never found them. But spooky. Right. Now we're moving on to Lake Huron. It is the second largest of the Great Lakes with a surface area of twenty three thousand and twelve square miles. It's a huge lake. And it forms the eastern side of the palm tree. Do you know what I mean yep. about the palm tree? Yeah, the picture of it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yep. I always thought that Lake Huron, it looks like it's two lakes, but it's really one lake. One big one. Yeah. It's just kind of got these two big sections on it. Nice. Right? It has the longest shoreline of the Great Lakes, extending 3,827 miles, Ooh. and is home to 30,000 islands. Dang. It's only bordered by Michigan and Canada. Are people living on those islands? People can live on okay. the islands. Yes, That's yes. Cool. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. There were forts. There's Fort Drummond, which mm -hmm. is very haunted, and it's home to some headless soldiers, which is a story I'm not telling. Why? So Because there's other things I want to talk about. Boo. Though Lake Huron <laughs> is home to headless soldiers and a ghost horse. Ghost horse? Yes, a ghost horse named Louie lives Aww, on one of the islands. Louie. The story I would like to share is about another shipwreck. Oh, okay. However, it has only recently been solved. It was missing the entire time of this book. 
Wow. This okay. book was written, I think, in 2003, I think is when this book was okay. came out. But they they uh, solved it in Ooh, 2017. Okay. So it starts just over 142 years ago. Yes, I did the math. Woo! Hashtag because math. because math. On November 25th, 1881. Okay. The Jane Miller was a coastal steamer captained by R.D. Port. On that fateful November day, the Jane Miller departed from Owen Sound, Ontario, loaded with freight and passengers. It then made a stop in Meaford, where it took on even more freight and passengers. Okay. At this point, she was way, way, way top heavy. Oh, no. If the waters were smooth, perhaps she would have been fine. Uh. But alas, a strong southwest gale was building on Georgia Bay, sending crushing waves down upon the Jane Miller. She was able to make an unscheduled stop at Big Bay to take on more, more fuel, but that was the last time she would ever make it into port. Aww. The following day, a resident of Colpoise Bay told the story of a steamership he saw the night before in the storm. His son and, and he were expecting someone to come into Wharton. Is that how you say that? W-I-A-R-T-O-N? Wharton? Wharton. <laughs> and were watching sure. the shipping lanes when they saw the faded steamer's lights. Uh-oh. It was heading towards Spencer's Wharf to pick up more fuel. They observed the ship, then a blinding sheet of snow and ice obscured their view. Oh but when gosh. that cleared, the ship was completely gone. Oh, no. Perhaps the word of the editor of the Wharton Echo described what they think happened to the overburdened steamer best. Okay. It is surmised, and we think correct, that after taking on the extra freight at Meaford, the steamer was top-heavy, and the fact that nearly all, if not all, of her load was on the deck, and there being no ballast, she had simply rolled over without giving a moment's warning that none of the victims of the disaster had been found need not be wondered at when it is considered that the strong gale and snowstorm which was raging at the time no doubt compelled every gangway and other avenue of escape to be clearly closed against the elements without thus completely pinned in and before the slightest effort could be made to save themselves 28 souls were hurled into eternity Yikes. without time to utter a prayer oh that's so sad no, it's so sad Evidence of the wreckage was found washed ashore on White Cloud Island. They found a broken flagstaff, a fire bucket rack, cradles for the lifeboats, a couple of oars painted with the name Jane Miller, and five crew caps. But that was all that was recovered. That was it. Mm -hmm. It is said that on a cold, dark autumn night in the early 1900s, a party of hunters heard the cries of the lost souls aboard the Jane Miller. They were camping on White Cloud Island when they heard people screaming, help me, God save us. And when they told the people in town about it, they all nodded knowingly that it was the lost souls of the Jane Miller. Well, that's just so crazy. So you can hear the lost souls on White oh, Cloud Island no. yelling for help, right? But what happened to the ship and the people aboard? A few days later, after the vessel failed to make it to port, patrols were sent to search for it. Only a half mile away from the wharf, some crews came across large bubbles surfacing on the lake, an obvious discoloration in the water, which usually indicated a wreck. However, they never found the hull after dredging the lake many times over. That is until 2017. They found it. Okay. So the wreck of the Jane Miller was discovered on July 27th, 2017. Long time later. Right? 
long time, 138 years or something <laughs> like that. It was found by a shipwreck hunting team made of Jared Daniel, Jerry Eliason, and Ken Merriman, operating with a permit issued by the Ontario Ministry of Tourism, Culture, and Sport. The discovery was announced on November 25th, 2017, the 136th anniversary of the sinking. The wreck is upright in over 100 feet of water. The pilot house smokestack and upper deck cabins have collapsed but the hull is mostly intact and the mast and three lifeboat davits are still in place the permit did not allow for the divers to enter but daniel daniel reported seeing 16 corpses inside the hull merriman admitted that he was unsure if they had seen any human remains since the wreck is heavily encrusted with zebra mussels making identification of any such remains very difficult A subsequent investigation of the wreck by divers from the Ontario Provincial Police and Canadian Forces did not find any human remains. Despite this, the wreck of the Jane Miller has been designated a protected archaeological site under the Ontario Heritage Act, and Merriman has not released the exact position and depth of the wreck in order to further protect the site. So there is a plaque. That's crazy. That is dedicated to it. Yeah. And people do kind of go and observe. You can still so see, weird. you can still see the bubbles. Okay. And there's, I found this page on Facebook, which I'm going to pull up Ooh. and show Nicole, okay. um, where you can see the bubbles and you can see some of the, the plaques and the wreckage. They Spooky. do have some pictures of the wreckage. So this is the boat okay. right here. This is the plaque that is on uh, the shoreline letting you know that that's where the wreck was. These are the bubbles oh my gosh. that are coming up. Do you see how the water's discolored and you yes. see the bubbles? It's weird. So that's what happens with the wreckage. Okay. And then this is a depiction of what they think happened that night. But then we have, you know, a couple of pictures of the shipwreck here. Look too. at it underwater. Yeah, isn't that it's cool? so crazy. So they it's found really the bodies, cool. but they just couldn't identify them. Yes. So one of them says he thinks he saw bodies. The other one is like, I don't know because it's so encrusted. So maybe. But and then still That's the other crazy. things are like, we aren't sure. Yeah. But spooky. Theoretically, there was no time. But you can hear people yelling no, for help on White Cloud like Island. That. So oh. if you ever go to White Cloud Island, you just want to help might, them, though. You That's might the hear them part. crying out for help. Man. So now we're moving on to Lake Michigan. This is the trunk of the palm tree. (laughs) (laughs) Lake Michigan is the second largest of the Great Lakes by volume and the third largest by surface area after Lake Superior and Lake Huron. It is also the only Great Lake solely in the United States. Uh, The lake borders Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana. So no Canada. No Canada. All of the Great Lakes played important roles in the War of 1812. Okay. And I've been saving a story about that war, despite having a few juicy ones that I have passed up Yay. for Lake Michigan. Okay. Specifically, the Fort Dearborn Massacre. Never heard of that. This is in Chicago. What? Yeah. Yeah. So who's in Chicago? Kate? Kate. 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 Kate do you know about this? That's spooky. I've never heard of this. Okay. Woohoo. I love telling you stories that you don't know because that never happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's usually the other way around. It is. It is. 
So the American government built a stronghold at the mouth of the Chicago River to protect important trade routes, agricultural land, and hunting and fishing grounds. By the summer of 1812, Fort Dearborn, Dearborn was teeming with activity. One observer, Nelson Algren, described the population as, quote, a mix of Yankee and Voyager, the Irish and the Dutch, Indian traders and Indian agents, half-breed and quarter breed and no breed at all. What does that mean? <laughs> it means like that dogs? it is everybody, okay. right? Uh-huh. As you can see, it was a wild place. Mm-hmm. It just everybody was there. Everybody was trading. People were it's a big city. mixing, getting along, not getting along. It was a whole big thing, right? About a month into the War of 1812, the fighting in the Northwest Frontier was intensifying, and General William Hull ordered the evacuation of Fort Dearborn. On site, Captain Nathan Held ordered all of the fort's whiskey and gunpowder destroyed, and then led a group of about 148 soldiers and settlers across the open plains towards the safety of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hmm. A group of Potawatomi... Indians, did I say that right? I, I think so. so. <laughs> uh, who were allied with the British secretly watched the progress of this band and ambushed them. The Indians overwhelmed the soldiers, killing 86 adults, badly wounding Captain Held, and 12 children Pato- were dead and dying. I was going to say Potowatomi. Potowatomi? What did I say? Potowa. Oh, Potowatomi? Okay, I'm we'll go with that. Because I'm from Tacoma. So I'm oh, 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 the, oh, yeah, that oh. makes sense. Okay, sorry. Okay. No, 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 I'm I was bad. just trying to read it. I was like, oh, that's a tough one. Potomi. But they killed a lot of people. They killed a lot of people. Dude. 86 adults and 12 children. Ugh, in the distance, the fort was engulfed in flames. Ugh. One of the survivors described being struck with horror at the sight of men, women, and children laying naked with principally all of their head off and passing over the bodies. I was confident I saw my wife with her head off about two feet from her shoulders. Tears for the first time rushed into my eyes, but I consoled myself with the firm belief that I should soon follow her. Isn't that terrifying? Dude. Held offered $100 for every man still alive to the Potawatomi. (laughs) You did it to it. Potoatomi? Potoatomi. Thank you. That's what I'm going to guess. I don't know. No, I think you're right. Potoatomi chief, Blackbird, which he accepted and the killing stopped. The survivors were enslaved and Mm. many of them were sold to the British where they were able to regain their freedom once again. It was not until four years later that American troops re-entered the area and found the disturbing scene. That's too long. It's too long. That's creepy. No wonder it's haunted, man. Yeah. No. So according to WindyCityGhost.com, mm-hmm. for many, many years, the massacre site went unnoticed. It was not until construction started in the 1980s Dude. that problems started to arise. There were reports of other issues happening um that they weren't able to settle the land because there was lots of unrest and kind of cursed things happening at the time so that land was forgotten and it was kind of passed over for for a long time exactly (laughs) this is poltergeist right here are you ready for this workers doing construction found many human bones in the area of 16th street and indiana avenue in chicago they first assumed the bones to belong to victims of the 
cholera epidemic that mm-hmm. took place in the 1840s. However, However, once the remains were studied and dated, people realized that the bones actually dated closer to the early 1800s. Ugh. It was then that the bones were believed to be the remains of the massacre victims. Crazy how they can distinguish between mid-1800s and early 1800s when they're looking at bones. Like, yeah, carbon dating, man. That's so cool to me. Isn't it? The remains of the massacre victims were reburied elsewhere. So that's good. good. Okay. However, a few weeks later, people began to notice and report ghost-like figures of people who were wearing pioneer clothing and outdated military uniforms. What? These poor souls were found wandering around an empty lot that was just north of 16th Street. The ghosts were noted running about in terror and silently screaming. No. I know. They're reliving oh it, right? Oh my gosh, it's sad. Bus drivers returning their buses to the garage at night were the ones who witnessed these figures the most. No, I don't want to be a bus driver. No, right? <laughs> like, I quit. <laughs> it is truly believed that these 148 massacre victims still wander the site of the fort looking for peace. That's sad. If you are in Chicago, take a walk down Wells Avenue and Wells. in the area of Michigan Avenue and Wacker Drive. Okay. There are monuments in the streets and sidewalks honoring these poor lost souls. And if you take a picture of the monuments, it is possible that you will also capture the image of some of these victims. That's so spooky. Yes. These poor people, man. I know. I know. I know. But yeah, that would make a lot of sense why it was haunted. Yeah. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Man. And finally, we come to Lake Superior. Ooh, okay. Lake Superior is the largest freshwater lake in the world by surface area and the third largest by volume, holding 10% of the world's surface freshwater. That's insane. It's huge. That's why it's called Superior. Massive, right? (laughs) It is the coldest and the deepest of the Great Lakes and is bordered by Canada, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Or what my kids like to call Tiny Pepsi. Yay! Minnesota. (laughs) Minnesota. Tiny Pepsi. Um, shout out to my niece who was born in Minnesota. Ah, Hi, Lila. My parents or my family were there before I was born. They were stationed in Minnesota. Oh, really? That's right. It's beautiful. Like it's I, cold. I, right? It's cold. Yeah, but <laughs> I went to visit my sister when she lived there, and it was beautiful. Nice. I loved it. So yeah, my sister lived in Minneapolis, and nice. it was so pretty. Like I, I'm sure it's. Gorgeous. I had so much fun visiting I'm her. I'm just when afraid I'm there. that it's really cold. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, there was uh, when we worked together, Uh huh. there was like some kind of professional development. I went out there. Oh, really? And I went to the mall there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's huge. <laughs> the Mall <laughs> the of America. Mall. Yep. yep. I've been there, too. That's that was cool. Fun. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's get back to the story. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> tangent that we wouldn't be us without tangents. Hooray for first tangent of the year. Woo! Yay! High five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love you. <laughs> oh, so we begin with the story of great riches and the giant horned serpent Ooh. who is said to guard it. And I have a picture. Do you want to see him? Yes, of course okay. I do. Hold on a second. Lake monsters. Have you ever seen like on old maps when they say, here be dragons? Yes. Here be dragons. You're kidding me. Whoa. Okay. So I'm showing her a pictograph at Agua Rock on the Agua Canadian Rock. shore of Lake Superior depicting the underwater Manitou Mishipeshu. Uh, <laughs> so many big words. Mishipeshu. He's the guardian. I love it. Okay. He okay. looks like a, like a 
bull with spikes on his back. Here be dragons. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a dragon. No. But I like your thinking, Nicole. I actually have them in notes. Look, see? I didn't even look. I didn't even look. <laughs> You're not reading along no. with me. You're so cute. I'm trying not to. This creature is a manitou. Okay. I think that's how you say that. Manitou. 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 Named Mishipeshu. The Ojibwa believes that this creature protects the vast deposits of copper Ooh. in Lake Superior. Okay. There are massive amounts of copper in Lake Superior. Cool. The Ojibwa people spoke of islands on Lake Superior where some masses of copper weighed up to 50 pounds of pure copper and were more than a foot long. In the 1840s, when the big copper boom happened, and we're going to talk more about that in a minute, a three thousand seven hundred and eight pound copper boulder was found a boulder a boulder was found on Antonagon I think okay in the Kiwanau Kiwanau Peninsula wow oh I can't say these names that's hard Antonagon 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 and the Kiniwa Kiwina Kiwina Peninsula. Cool. I'm going to say that word a lot. So say I'll that 10 times or mess it up so many times. <laughs> it is currently on display at the Smithsonian Institute. So you oh, can see the boulder. Cool. It's there. However, trying to retrieve these copper deposits did come with a hefty price for many. And here are some of the stories. Ooh. The legend of Mishipeshu was recounted in the Jesuit relations of eight of 1669 Whoa. through 1670 by Father Claude Dablon. Four Ojibwa men were camping on Mishipicoten Mishipicoten Island. That's good. Is that good? Sure. When they were canoeing away with their copper riches, they were terrified to hear a thunderous voice boom out over the water saying, Who are these robbers carrying off from me and my children's cradle and playthings? What? Before they could reach the mainland, one of the men succumbed to a painful death. Two others died before the party could reach the village, and the last man lived long enough to report the incident to his village before succumbing to an agonizing death. Like, did they know why? I don't know why. My guess is they is is probably mosquitoes because there's lots of mosquitoes. Oh no! So that's my guess. But they believe it's the work of Mishipeshu. Interesting. He was able to protect the copper for a very long time. Hmm. But as we know, European settlers pay no heed to such warnings nope. and let greed take over, right? Take, 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 take. take. Hey, yep. there's riches to be made. Seriously. We're going to go get them. Who cares about Curses. the serpent that is guarding all of yeah, the that's copper? Cool. The copper boom in the Kiwana. Kiwana. Maybe Ki that's it. Kiwana. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Peninsula started in the 1840s with a report made by geologist Douglas Houghton. Houghton. He was surveying the peninsula and was almost finished with his work when he was brought down by a big storm. Uh -oh. His body eventually washed ashore a few months after the wreck occurred. Over the next 80 years, Whoa. the Copper Curse and Mishipeshu claimed many victims. No. Here's another story. The Pewabik? Pewabik? <laughs> it's like <laughs> Wabbit. <laughs> I wanted to say it that way because it sounds like, where's the Wabbit? Where's the Wabbit? Okay. 
The Puabic and its sister ship, the Meteor, had a freak accident causing them to collide in broad oh, daylight. That is a freak accident. Right? The Meteor holed the Puabic, causing it to sink within minutes. Whoa. Some passengers were able to climb over to the Meteor and some were rescued from the water. However, a hundred passengers and over 200 tons of copper still went down no, with the ship. Oh, no. That's a lot of people. Yes. However, Mishipashu wasn't finished with this ship. Uh-oh. Over a period of 50 years, people continued to dive down to the wreck to salvage the copper. About 10 divers lost their lives trying to recover the cash. Not worth it. I believe only 150 tons of the 200 were ever retrieved. Wow. Right? The Mishipashu has protected oh, that copper and is still protecting it. Cursed. Yes. There are many, many other stories about these lakes, mm-hmm. but we are running long on time. Hey, you're going to do more parts, right? <laughs> uh, sure, we can do more. We can do more. These are fun. I very much enjoyed reading this book. Yeah. There are other books that I came across about That's the Great Lakes, said, yeah. about hauntings in the Great Lakes, so that would be fun to get to. But um, I wanted to say thank you to Mike and Janet thank for you. giving it to me. And do any of you guys have any stories you would like to share about paranormal happenings on these great lakes Please. or any other lake we want to know we do. you can email us at the ominous stitch at gmail.com you can also jump over to podbean.com and look up the ominous stitch podcast that is where we host our wonderful little podcast for you guys podbean. you can see show notes from here and i will share pictures i have a lot of pictures that i didn't share with nicole because i was trying to do this fast you're funny i would have liked to see uh, i know i will show you pictures Okay. And um, you can see show notes from this one. You can see show notes from any other show. You can also become a patron. We love our patrons. We do. So there's a little button you can click on that says become a patron. Any dollar amount you want to give us would be greatly appreciated and help us continue doing this for you guys. Super duper helpful. And we will send you stuff, give you shout outs. All of the things. All of the All things. of the things. We um, send gifts. Yes, we do. And they're cool, usually. They're cool. Right? And Patrons. we give you patron content as well, yep. too. So um, we have different patron episodes that you guys can, if you need more of us. Because <laughs> who doesn't want more of us? We'll right? come back to you. We will come back. So uh, you can also jump on to any of our social media platforms and give us a quick hello because we want to get in touch with you. We love our stitchers and we love doing this for you and we love connecting with you guys. That's right. So that's what I have today. Angela, that was great. There's some fun, crazy stories in there, man. I tried to mix them up. There's like lighthouses. There's like murder mysteries. There's this one lighthouse on Lake Superior that almost did, but I was running out of time, so I didn't do it. And it's the Lighthouse of Doom. Oh, it's crazy. Ominous. Yeah, it's very ominous. No, my my favorite's the vortex. Yes, isn't that crazy? Freaking I knew I, you were going to love go? that story. I don't know. Do you guys know what happened to the Speedy? Where's the Where's rocks? that big rock? I think it was an alien ship. You think it's aliens? Yeah, aliens. Uh, they came up and... I don't know, because if the whole thing changed, the whole setting area, it's got to be just a part of that area just went switched with a different... Like Fortnite, how the island flips over. I don't know Fortnite. (laughs) Oh, Nicole. Bringing up references, I don't know. My my oldest is like, can I play Fortnite? Can I play Fortnite? And I'm probably going to break down eventually here, but I I don't know anything about it. It's fun. Look at you. We play it. We do Fortnite tournaments sometimes here at the house. It's fun. I'll try it out eventually. But anyway, I think it was, uh, yeah, something with a, a 
Mandela effect. Yeah, like, what happened with that rock? Because totally it was just there universes. for spring and summer. And then it went back to the way everyone thought it was. That's but insane. it was observed by many, many yeah, people. So it was crazy. there. Where'd it go? And then why did Captain Paxton go for that rock? Because yeah. he observed it before. So why did he go there? Maybe he didn't see it too. Maybe in, in his view, he didn't see it. I don't, I don't know. know. That's crazy. I don't know. Spooky. Spooky. I love it. Spooky. Yay. Good job, Angela. All right. So we have one more thing to do. One and more. guys, I am terrible at picking movies. <laughs> I don't know when I will ever be better at it. But, you know, the whole reason for this movie was the name of it. So I'm sorry if anybody watched it, but we'll get to it. Are you she ready? She made me watch it, everybody. It, oh, you make me watch so many things, though. <laughs> Okay, true. <laughs> but this one's going to be fun to uh, talk about, though. Are you ready? Yeah. It's movie time. This week's movie review, Lake Erie. <laughs> Released in 2016. IMDb rating of four stars. Synopsis. A young widow moves into an old house on Lake Erie to recover from the sudden loss of her husband. However, she soon discovers a dark secret and that she is not alone. <laughs> we watch this on YouTube, by the way. It's free. It's free on YouTube. It's free on YouTube. Did you know that the director is the main guy that's like in the other world? What's his name? Oh, um, um, Harrison. Harrison. <laughs> He's the director. <laughs> that makes sense all right everybody it's free oh. on youtube listen up do not watch this movie it, it's kind of like a student film it, it, i'm it, gonna be kind and mm, say it's a student film i'm i'm gonna say <laughs> I, this is might be a little bit out there but you know you know anyway if you've ever stayed up and watched cinemax and you see the, like the soft core porns <laughs> it was worse than that like the way no i'm serious like the style of the of the cinematography uh -huh. and the acting like, I swear, I thought they were going to start, like, having some crazy music behind them mm -hmm. and start doing some crazy... Because it's that bad. It's so bad, guys. But the, the dialogue... The dialogue does is not terrible. not sound like it's coming from the actors. Like, they, <laughs> they definitely are not living in the dialogue no. and delivering it no. the way that anybody would speak. Ever. <laughs> Ever. My favorite is how the main character, uh, the, the, girl, the girl, Kate. Okay. Her name's Kate, right? has no accent until her dad comes to visit oh, yeah, her yeah. and, and then she gets this accent, accent when her dad is there and then when he leaves the accent's gone again <laughs> that was oh, my favorite so thing it was so oh, good so good and the, just the fact like who wrote the script like it was like came from a 21 year old like when the movers came and the little boy the, the kid was like typical girl scared of you know or like scared know, of everything like, like who wrote that i like, know the the, in, uh, the little girl in the beginning, she's like, somebody's in the house. And then that's all you and see then, of her. And that, that was it. That's it. And I thought there was going to be something like More. when she got cut at, by the house, yeah. that that was going to connect her to the house. Nothing. No. No. There was no point to no point. that and rescuing the cat. No. And, you know, whatever. It had nothing to do with Lake Erie <laughs> at all. Lake Erie. Other than they are on Lake Erie. The, now, there's one scene where she's dreaming of one of the creatures from the other realm, which this is, that's where I, I was like, what is happening? But she dreams of her coming out of the lake. That was it. Do you oh. remember that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like slowly coming out of it naked. Like, wh what was the point of that? Yeah. There was no point to any no of this point. movie. No point. And no then point. 
her husband in the dream is like, I brought somebody for you. I've yes! always wanted to watch. That's, That's what I'm where saying. the softcore there porn you comes go. in. That's where it comes in. Again, this script was written by whoever, this, that guy, he must have been like, wrote this when he was 21 or something oh. and was like, I can make this cool movie yeah. about Egyptians, which there's nothing that's ties to an Egyptians except this like relic that like... <laughs> That is so silly. And the thread of of life and light. And they keep making... There was this cool part where you're like, okay, there's something about this where they keep like reflecting light. I love how... Nothing to do with how animated you are about this movie. It is so good. It's so bad. Oh, oh, we peaked the monitor. (laughs) We peaked the monitor. That's how bad it is. No, but this is how good it is too. I feel like this is... Okay, go with me on this. I feel like this (laughs) is... She's going to spin it. This is the first time that you watched the Rebecca Black Friday video. It's Friday, Friday. <laughs> it's so bad. But then you keep going back to it because it's no, that bad. Because I had to finish the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? And there's no, there's no emotion. Like she, the main character, you think she's got some, but she, it's just like straight, like, I'm sad. My husband's dead. And like, but I have to stay and figure out who Harrison is. And yeah. And then, and then she kisses him. Like, why? Yes, yeah. <laughs> There's no reason. The daughter the ending just confused me completely. I don't understand. Because the, the yeah. niece who was like obsessed with Harrison. Yes, why did she give the locket to the, her, her grandma? It made no aunt. sense. Who who knew what happened at the end? Why? Why? Like, why? I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. The dialogue gives us nothing. nothing. So I don't know. <laughs> nothing but she turns out that yeah the niece that was in love with this like she was a big part of this whole thing but like why <laughs> like, there was no reason for any of this movie oh um, harrison oh she's in love with the him radio. <laughs> harrison is that you and then when her I'm like praying with you harrison exactly <laughs> And her husband comes to visit her in her dreams. He is the most lackluster ca- oh, character in this whole yeah. movie. Oh, I love you. I'm, you know, like. The, yeah, I'm like, like I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Kate, I'm here for you. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I was so mad at this movie, Angela. I was so mad. Yay! I was so mad. <laughs> One, where did they get the budget for this? Two, why did he create this movie? It's a passion project. Yeah, to be a filmmaker. I don't know. I don't know. But guys, it is free. So that's a good, <laughs> that's a good thing to say. And the dad looks familiar, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look him Has up. Has anybody been in anything else? Lance. Okay, so Lance Henriksen's the dad, and he's the only one that kind of did okay in this movie. Uh huh. No, what is he in? Alien versus Predator. Oh, well, hey. Aliens. He's in Aliens. Was he the alien? Oh, he's Bishop. What? <laughs> I knew I recognized him. Wait, 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 How wait. How did wait. he get in this movie? Why is he in this movie, guys? Is he related to the guy who made it? I don't know. Oh, well, maybe he funny. like. Maybe he owed him a favor or like or something. That was, I knew I knew him. Okay. So the dad is somebody. <laughs> <laughs> the dad is somebody. Actor, producer, additional crew. And he did, he was the only one I thought that actually did okay in this yeah, movie. Yeah. He had some acting skills. You could tell. Duh. Oh my God. Autumn. Autumn is the, the niece. Like, yes. She was terrible. Yes. Terrible. Yes. Well, I mean, everyone. Al Snow, Man in Black. What? I He's a wrestler. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Was he the demon guy? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. What the heck, man? Uh, okay. They had so some random people in here, but what the heck, man? Anyway, this movie made me mad. If you guys want to watch a movie to make <laughs> you mad and, and have it be terrible, go ahead. It's free. I mean, if you have a couple hours to waste, yeah, it's free. Don't do it. You can see how terrible it is. <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> it's such a waste of time, guys. Oh. Yay. Happy Maybe New Year, get, Nicole. Happy New Year. Get drunk. Go go drink and then watch this, I yes, guess. That might be better. Edible. Yeah. It'll maybe make sense. I don't know. I don't know. I, even then, it probably <laughs> still doesn't make any kind of sense. For crying out loud. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, I love at the beginning. I would just remember that scene where the house is cool. The house is cool. Where she's like, um, the, the neighbor comes by, the lady. And mm-hmm. she's like, that's no way to treat a neighbor or something. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I would have yelled at her at that point. I'm like, I don't yeah. know you, stranger. That's no way to act lady yeah. or something. Like, that's not ladylike or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. She held her out for not being very kind to her. And she's like, I don't know if you. If I were her, I would have been like, get out of my, get off my get lawn. Off my, <laughs> yeah, get out of my property. Like, Come I owe you nothing. and be nothing. nicer. Exactly. Was such a weird it's so weird the interactions are just very weird and, and then, very forced and but then like but made me even more mad so she brings out this like <laughs> egyptian thing showing her like this is where we are and then this is where the in-between so it's like purgatory right, right. like yeah. he this guy figured out how to get to purgatory so the purgatory is her house yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought it would take them somewhere they're, well, they're still in her house yeah they didn't have budget for that they they rented that house and then that was it that, that was, was it. the budget and they were like, it was like, it was like Fright Night. Like if you're at Universal Studios, mm-hmm. you had these people chasing people around and yeah. you could still feel pain, but then it starts all over again. I'm like, what the hell are you making up your own rules in this whole story? I'm so mad, Angela. I know. This is so fun. I, I like, it's worth it that we watch this movie to see Nicole get this worked up because she doesn't get this worked up about things. It's so fun. I'm sorry that I made you watch it, but like, this is hilarious. I hated this movie. <laughs> would you give it a negative 25 is it yes. gonna get the worst rating ever yes i would give it a negative 50 if i could because ah! this movie is not a movie guys i'm I don't gonna know give what it, it is i'm gonna give it a ten thousand for that just to counterbalance <laughs> it it was worth it to watch it just to see you get this worked up i love it thanks you're welcome i love you're you. hilarious <laughs> never make me watch that again please <laughs> oh it's gonna be a tradition no we're gonna be we're gonna watch it every year now this is gonna be a thing <laughs> don't watch it guys don't yeah yeah <laughs> be kind to yourself in the new year <laughs> full circle angela full circle oh man i love it well this was a fun episode <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time. I had a great time too. Thanks, Angela. You're welcome. And happy new year happy to all new you year. guys. And until we talk to you guys again, we'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Uh-huh.